to the St. Mark's podcast. This is an Eat This Book segment. Father Tyler and I are sitting down today to look at the lections for this coming Sunday, the third Sunday of Advent. And we'll be praying through these, these scriptures together and in the style of Lexio Divina, pulling out words and images uh, through which God is speaking. And uh, I suppose that's that's enough to be started with. Um, so we'll get to it with our collect for Holy Scriptures and then our collect for this coming Sunday. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you in the Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. So the third Sunday is Rose Sunday or Gaudete, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning rejoice. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's rather doubtful. I suspect that there's any Anglicans out there engaging in the strict fast through Advent, uh, but traditionally this would be seen as the as an opportunity to to break the break the fast and uh, to uh, well, kind of like what we were saying before, um, to recognize that the thing that you're waiting for is already here. Mm-hmm. So Advent is the season of preparation for the mystery of the Incarnation, the joy of Christmas. Yeah. And even as we wait for it, that joy is breaking in now with yeah. this pink or rose oh, yeah, flowering. It's not pink, yeah. You can't, That's right. You can't say pink. The altar guild will admonish you. Yeah. At best. <laughs> At best admonish. Um, and whatever you do, don't make any quips about it actually being looking more like Pepto Bismol than anything else. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that um, Henri Lasso, the Benedictine French Benedictine who lived, um, I yeah, about he, thirty years in the Benedictine monastery in France and thirty years in India and. The, near the end of his life in his journals, he would, sort of joking, but sort of not joking, say that like in, in every Advent, he just, he just got so tired of pretending that Christ wasn't already born mm -hmm. in, in the, what he would call the cave of the heart, you know, like, um, that like this, that you can go through these sort of um, rather mawkish uh, 
dramatizations uh, uh, of waiting for the thing that's already here mm-hmm. and like what what are you doing the gift is already given right so um, and point well taken right and so I, I think it it matters what you're waiting upon not for you know like so anyway mm-hmm. we could but So rather than a rather arcane or, or fussy thing, mostly to do with vestments, we can look at this as kind of a bursting through of the joy that is already given, the gift that's already offered. Yeah. And yeah, Heidegger would say you're, you're never waiting for, if, if you're waiting for, you already have an idea of what you're waiting for and you're not actually waiting. Mm-hmm. You're basically... Uh, preoccupied with an idea or uh, an expectation that you know and understand, which actually makes insulates you against the inbreaking mystery of God. And so, waiting for Him, the way He talks about, it is is a drawing near, and a drawing near in mystery and <clears throat> without expectation, as in like uh, not having a horizon. Mm-hmm that you can uh, measure against what is coming to you. So if you're being truly open to the messianic coming towards, then you don't know what you're waiting for. You can't. Hope that a scene is not hope. No, so we wait with yeah. patience for it. Right, and so the how different that is, right, from, well, on the third Sunday, we have the pink vestments, and then you know, and then on Christmas Eve, you know, the, there's the five thirty, seven, and the eleven, and the the prayer set up with the It's like it becomes actually it becomes a practice of of, of nostalgia and the known mm-hmm. rather than freedom from the known, mm-hmm. which is what Advent waiting is actually calling you to, right? So. Right. Um, you just have to be careful about using this stuff to, to open on to not knowing and mystery rather than just reinforce some kind of nostalgic mechanical pattern. Close us off into what we feel safe and secure and totally familiar with. Right, which, I mean, sorry to say, but that's not what this is. <laughs> not that you won't ever find safety and security, but just not um, in the places that we so often think. Yeah. So our Old Testament lesson is from Isaiah. This is Isaiah 35, 1-10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. 
For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall be become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway, a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the Holy Way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah, all these more desert imagery. Um, provision in the wilderness. Uh, healing. The lame leaping like deer. Speechless singing for joy. Streams in the desert. I think the haunt of jackals becoming a swamp is a good thing. <laughs> Seems that way. Like if you're a, if you're a desert people, you know. Yeah. Um, the thing that always has interested me about this passage uh, is uh, the bit near the end. The highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. So you're like, okay, sounds good. And then I always wonder, like, what, how to hear this. Like, the unclean shall not travel on it. But it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. Um, now, when I think of uh, Jesus, right, as the way, the holy way, um, a lot of unclean people travel that way. Mm -hmm. That highway is really wide. Mm -hmm. And uh, nobody's turned away from traveling on that big, broad highway. And so I wonder, is this a, is this a, is this a walled? gated kind of highway where, you know, they do some kind of like, you know, cleanliness check? Or is the unclean used in this, is this is trying to tell us it's got nothing to do with clean and unclean? Sure. Um, it starts to sound like no traveler, not even fool, shall go astray. But it's impossible to go astray on this way. The way itself right. carries you so why, or makes you clean. Why would you, why would you even think that cleanliness had anything to do with it? But, you know, like preparing the way, right? Like, okay, well, I got to get, you know, like anytime you've got, uh, you know, a G7 conference in any of the G7 cities, what do they do? Right? They get the cops and they drive around the city and they 
clear everybody out who mm -hmm. they don't want the news media to see, they don't want foreign dignitaries to see, right? And so, um, I just, I just, yeah. I hear that often in the background of like, you know, what do we do when, you know, the president's coming to town? Well, we put every, all the people who have no shelter onto a bus and send them to whatever, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and that can't be it. Those people have to be among the redeemed walking there. <laughs> right. Those who have been ransomed, right. set free, given their freedom. Right. But like how quickly it all just yeah. can just latch into our easy sort of clean, unclean calculus. Yeah. Yeah. How these crocuses in front of the church that don't know what time of year it is. They were blossoming, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. So I'm thinking of that with the Easter. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly. Now the Easter, with the light, like lavender, right? Uh -huh. That kind of purplish. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Like beauty and glory out of season. Yeah. So we have a canticle this week, Magnificat, mm -hmm. Song of Mary from Luke. Let's pray this together. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones, and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers to Abraham and his children forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Yeah, I mean, Mary, kind of the picture of... Uh, Advent waiting, obviously, pregnant with God, <laughs> and um, simultaneously the, the the perfect picture of um, discipleship, right? <laughs> And I don't know how many thousands of times I should say it, but one more. The Mary's yes, our yes. If is it Silesius Angelus mm -hmm. Silesius? If Christ is born in Bethlehem two thousand years ago, but not in me, you know, for what? And so just that that. Reminder on, on 
stir up Sunday to that it's the purpose of each human life to um, give birth in and through the particulars of this uh, to what love looks like when it comes into the world, right? Mm -hmm. So. Not just Mary who gives birth to Christ or is pregnant with God. Let's hope, yeah. Each of us, yeah. 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 I'm always struck by the, it's uh, kind of this fulfillment, uh, this rejoicing in this yeah. song that Christ is not yet been born, right? She's at Elizabeth's house. They're both pregnant. Yeah. Uh, and and yet she sees what has been done, what will be done, what is being done, uh, kind of all in one great whole. Do you like magnifies better? My soul magnifies the Lord. the Lord. Yeah. It's a different way of saying the same thing. But through the particulars of my life, the light of Christ is refracted. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Probably, I don't know if little girls did this or not, but like, before they had, you know, video games and stuff, you had a magnifying glass and you went out back and you burned leaves and stuff. And, <laughs> um, it was a very, and then you could, you could try it on your own hand, like that little pinprick of, and it hurts, like, <laughs> obviously. Um, but there's this, like, it's an interesting way to think of how, um, like, each of us is like like a lens that mm -hmm. gathers the the love of God into a, a particularly focused ray. Like for, mm -hmm. it's going to be different for you. It's going to be different for me. Um, my lens is not going to be your lens, mm -hmm. vice versa. But the but that your <clears throat> that our purpose is somehow to concentrate what might be just mere potential. Yeah. And. Um, to magnify and to or to, to to collect it right yeah uh, concentrate it through um, our life and to give it expression yeah uh, in our own limbs right yeah yeah and to well to burn down what needs to be burned down that so too? that love can like if we're gonna stick with the little boys playing with matches mm -hmm. kind of metaphor uh, but like there is that also that element like there is a like the this this the scattering right yeah the, the being the, the the being sent away um, yep like God lifts up the lowly mm -hmm. fills the hungry remembers his promise of mercy and comes to help his people And that that fun thing too that like the the rich are sent away empty and then what happens when they discover that they're empty? <laughs> then they can come back as poor and hungry and right. be filled with good things instead yeah. of themselves. 
Yep. Yeah, I always think of that when we talk about uh, within the liberation theology tradition, the God's preferential option for the poor, uh, mm -hmm. Jesus' particular identification with those who are outcast on the margins, despised, looked down on, literally hungry. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that we're, we're all invited uh, to join Jesus in that solidarity um, to give up uh, our attachments, notional and material, uh, to become poor and empty-handed like the ones he especially loves and cares for. I had a professor who would always quibble with that, actually. Preferential option for the poor. He thought that was too... Well, it's sort of like God picking sides. I think God does pick sides. Yeah, That's the point. I know. He, he didn't like the sound of it, though. When we understand ourselves to not be poor, it can be upsetting Yeah. to hear that God especially loves the poor. Yeah. <laughs> However, what is... Or if you, yeah, or if you think that the purpose of the Christian life is to be anything but poor, needy, little, dependent. Utterly dependent on God. Um, then, yeah, that sounds like Terrible news. Yeah, it used to drive him insane though, I remember that. What do you think about the Magnificat? I don't know. Not so sure. Yeah, I was always a little perplexed by that because. If Jesus has impatience, shall we say, for anyone, it's uh, people who uh, are self-justified, self-righteous, and uh, <clears throat> rich with themselves, mm -hmm. right. who seem to have it all figured out in the mm -hmm. world by a tail. Um, And I kind of think that it's it's that that prevents you from actually being able to encounter the, anybody other than yourself, or maybe even yourself. Yeah. You're, so, because you're so you're so you're filled full with, of yourself. Yeah. yeah, literally full of yourself. That um, the way I sometimes think about it, there's no outside mm -hmm. to your world. There's no opportunity for the other or encounter because mm -hmm. it's all just you. No space where you could meet someone. No. Yeah. Um, and that seems very rich, right? And then, so the, the poverty here is uh, providing a, um, 
a chance for something other than our um, selves to sneak through and wake us up. But staring at your phone, take a picture of yourself. I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to help matters. It's just, I'm just saying. Yeah, that song sounds like my soul proclaims the greatness of myself. No, it's like same thing. Like we did the Lord's Prayer now. We're, we're doing the Lord's Prayer now, spiritual formation. And it's like, well, you know, one thing to do is just change all the hours to mys. Mm-hmm. And you get a kind of a picture of what consumer... Capitalism calling My kingdom come. My yeah, will be my done. My will be done. It's Black Friday after all. I have to push a button. I can get whatever I want delivered to my house the next day. Mm-hmm. And same here, yeah. My soul proclaims the great... My phone proclaims the greatness of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. My spirit rejoices in my uh, iPhone filter. <laughs> that makes me look 10 years younger. but worth noting this empty handed glorying in the Lord uh, is not self denigration it's from within that Mary can say from this day all generations will call me blessed because of what God has done for me Mm -hmm. the incredible graciousness that I have received uh, is a witness for others. Yeah, and it's a it's a graciousness that the world can't give. The world didn't give Mary then, and was eighty three cents a dollar. Still doesn't give up. them, and now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Epistle? Yeah. This is from James. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another, so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, I sometimes think about... um, When Moses goes up on Sinai and disappears in the clouds and like sort of stays too long, and so like he's um, out of sight, like in the in the cloud of unknowing, if you want, and. Um, It's, it's, it's in that space of 
waiting a little too long with no real clear thing to focus on that um, kind of literally all hell breaks loose, right? And start worshiping golden calf and, uh, and chaos ensues. And so I it just it's, it's just strikes me as like like with this 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 patient waiting of, for the the precious precious crop, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is like Christ in us, Christ through us. Um, the temptation is to some kind of adversarial relationship with either the situation or with other people and like so here it's just grumbling mm-hmm. like so you grumble like you're tired of waiting and you grumble so you so you grumble like at best like you just grumble right? <laughs> I remember when the first uh, vaccine came out you know and you all line up and you get your so went down to the salt palace and this huge room and you get this like kind of a medical miracle right mm-hmm. vaccine and you're like oh goodness okay thanks be to god like we're not gonna not as many people are gonna be dying hopefully from from that moment on and you had to wait uh 10 minutes or 15 minutes to make sure you didn't have an allergic reaction and the, the person would, would come by and look at your card and uh, the woman next to me having just received this medical miracle like with, maybe we've been waiting like I don't know 16 minutes instead of 15 minutes and she was just like irate mm. and just grumbling but it's Utah so she wasn't cussing it would be more interesting she just got mad and just started cussing but <clears throat> But just kind of beside herself um, in that just a little waiting time. Mm-hmm. It was quiet, chairs were comfy. You just received something that could possibly just save your life. So, what makes that so difficult for us? I think it's waiting for versus waiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of stupid and it's just no. Heidegger, but like. I think waiting without a horizon is very difficult, uh, and I and I think that's the world that um, contemplative practice opens up for us and allows us to use to use your word inhabit, right? No, but like, like if I if I need you if I'm sitting with you somewhere. Right, in the hospital room or whatever. Mm-hmm. The most healing thing for me, for you, is for me just to be there with you, right, for you, not needing you to be a certain way, to reflect back anything I particularly need from you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just total being with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so patience is 
A way of relinquishing all our demands. Requirements. Mm -hmm. Expectations. What we want from life, need from life, need from other people. Should, should be, if only. I mean, that's what, like, when you're sitting in the Salt Palace, like, if only, what? Like, this chair were more comfortable, or they had the right... Music on? Something. And then the, the problems always project it out, right? Onto the, onto others, so. You know, it's, it's never the fact that you have these expectations that clash with reality that cause you to have conflict and make you miserable. I mean, that, that, that would be too easy. It's somebody else is the problem, and so you got to grumble about how something. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how... <coughs> exhortations very gently right beloved beloved be patient uh, exhortations be patient are mixed with these hints that the coming of the Lord is very near <laughs> see the judges standing at the doors judge not lest ye be judged yeah no but it can like and like I, I think we we don't like to think of ourselves as judgmental people Right, because that's just not very nice. Like, who wants right. to think of themselves that way? But like, honestly, if you're sitting, um, like, at a traffic light, and uh, the person in front of you doesn't edge up in the, on the left-hand turn lane far enough, and then that prevents you from being behind them to make it mm. through the light, and so you got to wait another red light, and you're like, oh. There judgment. <laughs> yep. You're at war with yep. the fact that you have to sit at a red light. Yep. And that's like a, but like if you wake up to all the little ways that you're always passing judgment sure. on like kind of everything. It's much more than saying nasty things about people. Oh. It's anytime you're hitting your judge's gavel of <laughs> this is how it should be. Well, and, and just resisting life yep. as, as it is. Like, which is like most of the time, hmm. like right for like if we're honest, like a lot of the time we're kind of resisting how it is right now. We need it to be a certain way, mm -hmm. um, and so so like there's a, that open-handed like lack of expectations, uh, acceptance, patience, not knowing. I mean, that's that's the place where love can get, get at us. I mean, there's a reason why it's 40 years in the wilderness. Right? Uh. Strengthen your hearts. Seems this is something that can be learned. Mm. Through practices that teach us to relinquish control. our judgments, our yeah. control. My wife, Michelle, says it's always all about control. Like the reason we judge because we're not in control, the reason we grumble because we're not in control. We don't like to 
wait in that place where we realize we don't have any control. Gospel, I guess. Mm -hmm. From Matthew 11. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Do you know that book by Basil Pennington, Living the Questions? It's the Trappist, uh, I guess, sort of, yeah, with Thomas Keating and William Menninger, the sort of, uh, he would never call himself an architect of centering prayer because he just thought that it's just the same thing everybody's always been doing, sit down, shut up. Um, but anyway, he's a lovely man and a beautiful Christian and good sense of humor and uh, steeped uh, in, in scripture in the way that like maybe Father Thomas Keating would be more sort of psychologically minded like the, the Benedictine I do Lexio Divina on scripture all day every day uh, just oozes out of Basil Pennington and um living the questions he just takes like the questions that Jesus asks and just little meditations on them so I can never hear like what did you go out into the wilderness oh yeah are you shaken by the wind what then did you go out to see someone dressed in soft robes you know I can't ever hear that without thinking of Pennington and his point is like that those are questions directed at each of us, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's obvious. To me, it's that, of course, like we need to hear all of this absolutely personally. Mm -hmm. um, so like what's being asked of us? Like, <clears throat> what did you go up to the wilderness to look at? You know? What do you, do, what do you, what is this Advent journey? 
Why are you here? What's the purpose of your life? You know, is it, you think it's some trifle, like the, a reed shaken by the wind? You think it's something like, you know, rich and fancy? You think it's just about John the Baptist? <laughs> yes, wonderful prophet. And yet, right. you too can live in the kingdom of heaven. There's also like this. There's also this like arm's length, um, spectatorial thing going on. Yeah. Like. And like that is kind of what happens like sometimes in. The the spiritual life, right? Like it just it be like you're you know we're just kind of like watching. You know, it's just kind of like oh. You know. You're taking it in like. Uh, like a spectator at a at a football game or something. Well, probably more passively than a spectator at a youth game. I suspect. You know, like cuz you know there's this like there's these seasons in the spiritual life where we're kind of just on autopilot and you're just like um and uh so there's this it's it's a call to like like live the question deeply like what What's my deepest hunger? What do I yearn for? Mm -hmm. uh, are some nice Christmas Advent carols gonna satisfy that, or do I? It is is this what I truly yearn for, like seeing God face to face, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, that wasn't People great. who go out into the wilderness to look at... There's this effort, right? To go see... Well, they've renounced This something. great one. Yes. But <laughs> you too, <laughs> yeah. having made this effort, come all this way, you actually, where you were, could be living mm -hmm. in the kingdom of heaven. And but don't just content yourself either with... Right. Yeah, yeah with see, like just with... Like a postcard. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing sort of yeah. echoes of the interchange Jesus had with Nicodemus of, uh, when Nicodemus says, you know, we see the wonders you're doing. You yeah. must be sent from God. And Jesus says, only <laughs> being born from the, by the Holy Spirit from above, can you see? Only, yeah, yeah, only because you two are in the kingdom, can you see that? Like the... Yeah. I, I, there's a way in which that that spectatorship can be transformed from with, within yeah. itself, uh -huh. right? Of witnessing, uh, mm -hmm. perceiving. Something that's not just outside, but in my life too. Poor John the Baptist, he's so discouraged in prison. Well, and yeah. Are you I mean, the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Well, I mean, it's like kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, like, uh, I don't know, I think that's interesting as an Advent thing, too, right? Like, 
brokenhearted uh, collapse of all that you thought was going to happen, the shattering of mm -hmm. ideals and expectations. That's that's the apocalypse. That's the advent apocalyptic. That's I think a necessary mm -hmm. part of any waiting is that all of the things that <clears throat> prevent us from seeing the world as it is have to fall down, mm -hmm. and that's painful. We like, see ourselves helpless and powerless. Right, and so John faces his. He's in literal prison. Mm -hmm. faces his doubts mm -hmm. he's going to be beheaded it's not unreasonable that he's also fearful for himself right? mm -hmm. like, Jesus answers with concrete instances of the ways that the promises expressed through Isaiah, for instance, are mm -hmm. coming to pass. The blind receive their sight, the lame right. walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them. Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Mm -hmm. it's like, it's yeah, the, God has come very near. It's the, it's the Matthew version of the opening of Luke. Mm -hmm. I think. But yeah, I think, you know, sometimes just like sitting with the question, letting the question call you into question, all that. You know, in Advent, you know, what am I stepping into this uncertain wilderness uh, to look at, to look for? What will I content myself with? You know, how do, how would I give voice to my deepest yearning, deepest longing? Is a reed gonna cut it? A snuggy blanket? It's not a soft robe. A snuggy blanket. <laughs> you, know? you got plenty of snuggy blankets at Target. Is that what we want? Is that going to make us, is that going to give us the happiness for which we're made? And John himself models the 
dwelling in that yearning. Mm. Right. And expressing it to Jesus. <laughs> like straight, That's what you do with your yearning. Straight up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like, tell me, are you the one? Like, yeah. And Jesus tells him. Yeah, but like just being like real, like straightforward, simple, mm-hmm. nakedly honest about it. Like, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you good? All right. All right. Till next time. All right. <laughs>